0: Hello, world singers. My name is Brooke, and I'm Tyler, and this is Cosmere Cosmere Conversations.
1: Conversations. Hello everyone we are back again for another episode and this was another fan requested episode remember you can reach out to us everywhere twitter reddit facebook cosmere combos but someone suggested words of brandon because we are tossing out a lot on different episodes just like oh yeah there was a word of brandon about blah blah blah
0: yeah and if you don't know what a word of brandon is that can be really confusing yeah it's an amusing term that the Brandon Sanderson fan community uses to indicate things that Brandon has said that have been sort of confirmed or are canon facts about the Cosmere.
1: So many of the different events that Brandon puts on book signings and fan, Comic Con, all the different like stuff, you know, you yeah. have multiple opportunities where brandon is being asked questions by his readers and unlike a lot of authors brandon is very receptive of those questions He's very generous incredibly generous and we also we being just the, the fan community in general have come to put a lot of trust and faith in what he is talking about because he's a very well-outlined individual and someone who builds long-term plans. So while with all authors, it's a little questionable, you know, how much they're out of book things you should listen to. I know there are some readers who hate the idea that an author would say something out of book. Um, or you know that they would even pay attention or need right. to pay attention they only
0: want the information that is inside of the books and no external
1: and we've you know definitely seen some of this in the real world i think that uh jk rowland is probably the most famous example with some of her out of book references and regardless of if you like those changes or updates to the harry potter universe it certainly can be said that she's just kind of winging it. She doesn't have like a long outline plan of like all these things. It's more of, I felt this about a character or where Brandon is almost always being very specific. And that's kind of why we have a lot of faith in these words of Brandon.
0: If he's not sure about something or feels like he can't answer something in a way that he can be faithful to, he'll just say that. And he'll just say like, that's something I've thought about. I haven't really worked out the details yet. So I'm not going to
1: answer And so we thought that based on some fan feedback, we should do a Words of Brandon episode. And we were like, okay, we'll just look up our favorite Words of Brandon. And then we realized that the man talks a lot, kind of like he writes a lot. (laughs) uh, Because there are a lot of Words of Brandon and he's constantly giving more as there are more events. Um, So instead, we're going to turn this into like a reoccurring episode theme that we come back to uh maybe every like 10 episodes or something we just do another words of brandon episode
0: there's so much
1: (sighs) it's basically endless and we have some from the very beginnings of like brandon's career more than 15 years ago now at this point um and then we have some that were literally uh happening in march 2019 Mm -hmm. which is the day that we are recording This episode, the last day of March. So, like, we have the whole span of different words of Brandon, and there are now thousands of I mean, that's not an exaggeration. There are easily more than a thousand, and I would say there's
0: so many, couple
1: thousand uh, words of Brandon that have been documented and recorded by fans.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, shout out to the fan group and community that work to compile all of these and transcribe them. And have recently put them in a very convenient location. If you are familiar with the Coppermind, the wiki for the Cosmere, there is a link in the left-hand menu called Arcanum. And that is where you can find all of the archives of Words of Brandon.
1: Now what we'd like to do is take a look at some of the words of Brandon that we pulled out for this episode. Not necessarily favorites, not necessarily the most important or most transformative, but just kind of...
0: A sampling. Yeah,
1: a good sampling from across the spectrum of things that Brandon has said that we found interesting. Here we go.
0: A fan asked, Do Mistborn have resonances?
1: Which, for the uninitiated... The resonances are the concept or idea that at the merging point of two shared powers, that there is a resonance point that kind of creates a new power, some type of like other thing that is going on.
0: I think we first got a look into this concept uh with the surges on Rashar. Yeah. Where each group of knights radiant have their two powers or two surges that they get and then the way that those two powers sort of play together creates this resonant point like pseudo third power
1: yeah and to stay with the stormlight archive that has been now specifically referenced in oathbringer with kaladin he has like a period when he's using his powers to travel the storm, and he talks about doing something that is like not of either power, uh, where he is like merging the air around him, and then because he's changing like the air pressure, then he's able to like move faster. And that type of ability is the resonance point, or we believe it's the resonance point of wind runners.
0: That's also why different orders that share a power. Have different ways of like using or manifesting that power. So, even though the Skybreakers and the Windrunners both have the Surge of Gravity, they have different abilities within that.
1: They're going to combine in different ways. Right. Um, it's like mixing baking powder and vinegar creates a very violent reaction, where mixing baking powder and water does not. Um, you just have that kind of like possible reaction with two powers that can be seen um, and so these resonance points we find very interesting we see them in Mistborn uh, with the twinborn abilities in era two
0: well I think that's what this word and of Brandon is, getting at. Yeah. Yeah, is about is asking if Mistborn would have resonances and Brandon's answer to this question is that everybody does but they're not as pronounced and then the questioner asked a follow-up of is that because they just have so many powers and Brandon said yes now is he talking here about pure Mistborn like in era one
1: I believe so Uh, okay that would make more sense yeah um and so the variety of different powers because it's almost like a symphony or an orchestra playing all at once, right? You don't notice the resonance points or they're not as viewable or interesting, I guess you could say.
0: Well, and it seems like with Mistborn, like you would have to kind of be a savant in each metal. In order to, like, find each of those resonance points. And they would never not, happen because right. you're going to be a misborn who's going to be... You're going to use all of them kind of yeah. relatively evenly.
1: Exactly. And so, like, that, uh, I think, is what Brandon is saying. And part of why we found this interesting is that, okay, what actually is going to allow you to see the resonance point most is not having a bunch of powers, having those two powers that are playing off each other. And that is where I believe we have seen it in Born Era 2 with mm-hmm. Wax. Yeah, um, I'm his... pretty sure
0: there's a word of Brandon about that too, that the unique things that Wax can do are a result of the resonance point of his twin-born powers.
1: And just to remind or refresh everyone's memory, like that example is when he is steel pushing, he can rapidly change his weight or his density, however you think about that uh, fear of chemical power, uh, and that will even though it shouldn't necessarily based on physics uh, that will allow him to have like a speed boost uh, in the air. So like those types of things, his ability to create the little force field around himself. Oh yeah. It's described as like, it should be more powerfully felt by people, but for some reason it's not. It's almost like it's kind of contained within him in a way, but allows him to deflect bullets and stuff. That's also a resonance point or example. So they're kind of difficult to define and super interesting to look for.
0: And I think we're like still kind of early into exploring those in the book. I think Brandon is going to explore them more as we continue on, but they're sort of just popping out of the soil like little baby flowers right now.
1: That's a good way to think of it because Brandon is obviously throwing down so many seeds uh, with all of these different stories and ideas and concepts and just thoughts and notions. He is presenting many things, and we start to see them flower at different times. And so these resonance points, I 100% agree, are going to become more important in the future. And that was 10 minutes on one question. So we might not Let's get to move everything. move on to the next one. <laughs> I think that one question that a lot of people have is what's going on with the sequel to elantris and brandon said this on that question quote okay so here's the thing i want to write a sequel to elantris someday or at least i want to leave myself open to the possibility the first book is named after the city of elantris where most of the action takes place the sequel set 10 years after the first book will take place in the capital city of the prime antagonist in the series For cohesion, this book should probably be named after that city, so here's the problem. Usually I have months and months to settle on a book title, and I'm usually pretty happy with what I get, however, I don't have an opportunity to write the book this time before I name it. I mention the city that will be the title of the next book several times in Elantris. I have to make certain I really like this city name now since I'll probably name a book after it sometime in the future. So I've been digging for ideas. The country the book will take place in is Fjordan, As you might guess from that name, the dialect genre of the culture is Scandinavian spinoff. It's kind of a guttural Norse Scandinavian with some harsh Germanic sounds thrown in. And I did a disservice to all of those because that's the end of the quote. I wanted to talk about that one because single question and brandon goes off on a bunch of different kind of tangents Mm -hmm. and just to give you an example like the mind of the this person is really incredible but he's already put together all of these different ideas from the name of the capital city of the the prime antagonist being the same as the name in the book because it has to be cohesive and that is necessary or he believes it's necessary. Uh, for Which many... I think
0: is interesting because he broke from cohesion in the Stormlight Archive. The first two were named after in-world books, and then the third one he named after a sword.
1: Well, isn't it also the name of an in-world book? Just one that is written at the very end. of I guess, <laughs> but
0: I felt like I felt like that was a detail that he added later in order like to justify it basically. that may be
1: true that may be true and i think that we have a wonderful example here with this answer of just there's a lot of complexity and reason for the different decisions that authors make i mean some people not pointing any fingers but it rhymes with george R. R. Smartin cannot finish a book And Brandon has, it seems, kind of a similar hang up, in my opinion. Just kind of like a, I'm doing other stuff. Elantris is not pulling my attention right now, but he has all these kind of things that he's thinking about.
0: Well, and I think it's nice to know that at least he has reasons that are like being carefully thought about and like he has good reasons behind them so that's always nice to hear that it's not just like "Eh, i don't know i'm not interested but that he's like put some thought into it and you know he's still mulling it over to get the best end product
1: do you want to jump over from elantris to Warbreaker? always excellent tell me about biochromatic breaths okay so somebody asked you know how the biochromatic
0: breaths are more like soul? If you were to get hit by a shard blade while having several of them, could you take more hits before you lose the soul from your body?
1: And Brandon's answer, as it often is, R-A-F-O. Rafo. Read and find out. R-A-F-O.
0: Yeah, if you it took me a little while to figure out what this meant when I was it like appears
1: everywhere. <laughs> yeah,
0: when I was reading stuff on the internet in the Cosmere community, like first starting out, I was like, what is this that keeps showing up everywhere? So if you're new to and you don't know, Rafo R A F oh is read and find out and i think it's pretty cute and funny like the whole culture within the cosmere community that has come up around this because brandon will give out rafo cards um at signings and stuff so like if you ask a really good question and he's impressed by it but he can't answer it he'll give you a special little rafo card (laughs)
1: And these are the types of questions that I really love too. The ideas about combining different worlds, combining different powers. It was probably part of the inspiration for our Cosmere cage match back in the day. I think that this is just like the whole amazing thing that's going on with the meta fandom around the Cosmere is that we have these people who are thinking About combining the universes. And then we have an author who is willing to at least entertain the ideas. And this is a really great question. Biochromatic breaths are interesting because they are a form of investiture that is like very tied to the spiritual realm and is naturally given to everyone, has a biochromatic breath. Gifted. on nalthus yeah on nalthus so if you are a nalthian individual you have a biochromatic breath at birth it is your birthright and then you can obviously add more breaths and we that's you know the whole story of warbreaker but i'd like this idea of shard blades remove part of the soul or attack Mm -hmm. part of the soul or sever your connection to the soul i don't want to necessarily say like destroy the soul
0: but we know it's interacting with your spiritual self more than well
1: yeah a little bit of both but yeah if i mean for humans or you know life forms right it's very much disconnecting the physical from the spiritual slash cognitive and i think it's cool that you can Maybe pump yourself up with biochromatic breaths. Basically, be like the God King. You know, imagine if the God King took a bunch of shots from a shard blade.
0: Is that how Vasher became the swordmaster on (laughs) Rashar? He was like, I can always practice with shard blades because I don't have to worry
1: about. I have them. a bunch of breads. Yeah. Like, um. I mean, I. <laughs> I think he probably became a swordmaster because he's like super old and good I mean, with swords. I know, but <laughs> you know what I mean. I do, and I like the idea or the concept that just like okay, where other people are terrified of those weapons, and they have a even the people who use them give them much more reverence. They're mythical objects. They're religious objects. Um, but that, to Vasher, they're just like things. He's seen a lot of things like them. He's created one uh, that's kind of like them and maybe more powerful. Actually, yeah, we could say Nightblood is easily more powerful than any one shard blade.
0: Uh, it depends. It
1: depends. But you know what I'm saying. It's just like he's he's not afraid of them and maybe that does allow him to be a little bit more confident. I mean, think about the the clap the move that dalinar does and vasher talks about that specifically as being like a a last ditch effort but also one that vasher forces everyone to practice and try a lot of people wouldn't just never practice that they're like yeah if you're put in front of a shard blade like in that position you're gonna die (laughs) Uh, that's the only option and vasher's like no 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 we got a little something we can work with. Maybe that's because he does have a little bit more confidence in his uh, biochromatic breasts. We don't know. We have to read and find out, which means it will probably come up again in the future.
0: <laughs> Question Can hemallergy be used to steal other, like Stormlight? So, what this person is asking is Can hemallergy steal other investitures? And Brandon says It could. It's very complicated, particularly with surge binding, because the bond with the spren is a voluntary thing. So you could steal the power, but you would also be stealing the spren bond, which the spren then has autonomy over. So it might not turn out really well for you. It might not turn out well for anyone involved. Much easier to steal things where there isn't an autonomous being involved in your gaining the magical powers.
1: Fascinating question, because we know that hemallergy is the Big magical loophole, basically. Like, it can, you can steal someone's investiture.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's the ultimate hack.
1: Yes. And that is always like what we're looking for, what we have our eyes out for. How is Brandon going to loophole this entire situation? We try to get ahead of him and then he mystery writes his way out of it. But, can it be used specifically when it comes to, like, a radiant ability is, is what's being asked in this question.
0: Yeah, I thought this was really interesting. There have been a lot of questions asked about Hemalurgy stealing various things, but I think this specific one is maybe the most interesting because, as Brandon says, like, you're not really stealing the power. You would be stealing the connection with the spren. I'm like, man... That is really heartbreaking to think of.
1: Well, it's heartbreaking, but I also like the idea that he drops the word autonomy. The Spren has autonomy over the Bond. No, no. Yeah, like,
0: well, I mean, we see that with Syl and Kaladin. Of course. Syl has the ability to just be like, bye, I don't like you anymore. You're not fulfilling your oaths or whatever. You're not being honorable. And you that, get no powers. Goodbye.
1: And that is fascinating on the risharian level or on the planet level but if you back that up to the cosmere level also remember that autonomy is the name of one of the shards in fact yeah
0: but that's not what he's talking about in this quote
1: no 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 it's not what he's talking about in the quote but he's obviously thought a great deal about what is autonomy we think it might even be like the big bad or one of the main for Boveden, one yeah. of the main forces of bad in the cosmere um, and so he's obviously thought a great deal about autonomy and what that means. And I found it interesting that he used that word to describe the pond. And I think that obviously, if you tried to violate a sentient creature's autonomy, it's probably not going to work out for you great. So
0: that's also super interesting because that makes surge binding... Like maybe one of the most more powerful. Yeah, yeah. Powerful versions of investiture because it essentially can't be stolen.
1: It is almost like a way to break the pattern that we've seen on Mistborn where there's more and more technology being involved. No, Surge- because
0: that has more to do with Fabriol's, not chem no, allergy. But
1: but okay. There's something similar about Fabriol's and hemallergy. they're not identical but there is some idea about abuse of invested abilities or investiture in general oh you know i see what, what
0: I- you're saying okay yeah because a fabriel is like a prison yes for, for this friend so it's yes. kind of like the hemallergy version i can't bit. have hemallergy because this friend will just be like bye
1: But But you can can imprison it.
0: Yeah, is make a prison and
1: manipulate it by, um, like, giving it the thing that it likes, and then removing that to create kind of like a binary state. And then they take advantage of that binary state. That's an interesting thought. I find it fascinating the idea that, like, while other planets or other forms of investiture are maybe more easy easily turned into technology, there might actually be some resistance when it comes to the radiant spren bond, because it is so focused on voluntary choice autonomy.
0: Yeah, I was just thinking that makes it really interesting, too, because then surge binding is kind of the only magic system that at least to a certain extent cannot be wantonly used for evil right where like it has to... anyone who's born as a misborn like they could be a bad person exactly. they could be a good person yeah was and... kelsey
1: or a good or a bad person we don't know but he definitely was a misborn
0: yeah. yeah and brandon has talked a lot about how he is inspired about the question of what people do when they're given godlike power and so on rashar we kind of have this situation where You'd have humans with this power, but there's a check on them. Mm -hmm. They have to behave within their oaths. They have to behave in a way that the spren is okay with. And so it kind of contains them while giving them a really powerful um, ability.
1: I think if we're talking about the spren bond, let's go into the opposite version of that (laughs) when we look at this question. You've previously said that Nightblood is the most powerful, non-shardic being in the Cosmere. Is he more powerful than the Unmade or the Stormfather in terms of raw investiture? Brandon's response. Raw investiture? Here's the thing. When you say powerful, it can mean lots of different things. More raw investiture than the Stormfather? Probably not. Than the Unmade? Probably. Probably. I would have to look. I don't have the numbers on this, but the Stormfather is very restricted in what he can do. End quote. Again, another great question and another great, like, thought provoking answer from Brandon.
0: Yeah. Like, I find that really surprising that Nightblood may, in some ways, have more power than the Stormfather. Like, that seems weird to me.
1: Well, we know that Nightblood has. A kind of twofold effect and one is that he is drawing a tremendous amount of investiture from the wielder of nightblood like yeah. anyone who pulls yeah
0: he's a magic vampire
1: yes and his blade is able to much like a shard blade have a severing connection on life forms right
0: I think Nightblood actually destroys on, like, all three levels. So the physical, the cognitive, and the spiritual, it just, like, vaporizes.
1: Yeah, anything that it touches, it's it's turning to vapor even more than, like, a, a shard blade that just kind of, like, slices through everything and leaves it all gray and dead. Yeah. Nightblood's straight up, like poofing everything and we have the other effect that there's a psychological component to nightblood that he basically like manipulates the wielder if they are in quotes evil uh they are going to be tempted by an insane bloodlust that will almost always or has always resulted in that person plunging nightblood through their own chest and then nightblood's like I did it. Yay. All the evil
0: is gone.
1: And then normally Vasher comes and picks him up and is like,
0: freaky. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's like the biggest thing about Nightblood is that he works essentially without even being wielded as a sword. Like there's several times when Vasher just pulls him out of the sheath a little bit and like throws him into, you know, an alley or whatever. And like all of the guards are compelled by their evil to pick up the sword, kill all of their friends, and then kill themselves.
1: Which is a pretty dope move if also not just being completely horrifying in every single way.
0: Yeah. Some of the words of Brandon are not necessarily about any of the books, but he does some talking about sort of his own creative process, his life as a writer, because as you may imagine, a lot of his fans are also writers or aspiring writers. And I thought something that he said about his career was really interesting in one of these question and answer sessions. He said, it's very difficult to get a teaching job in creative writing without an MFA or a PhD. I applied to many of those programs, submitting a Lantris as my writing sample, but I was rejected from all of them. I managed to get into BYU on my second year of applying to programs, but only their MA program, which was a stopgap because it wasn't an MFA, and therefore wouldn't be enough to let me teach. In the first week of that program, the graduate chair explained the work we would need to do if we wanted to get into a PhD program that would give us a shot at teaching for a living. I distinctly remember realizing I could never do all of that and still write my novels. So I made the call and turned towards fiction instead of academics.
1: And how many times in life are there like those types of decisions or realizations that like completely change your Trajectory. I mean, Brandon Sanderson could have been a teacher. He could have been a professor of literature. Like
0: something you think is your path that you think you want to do. Like maybe, you know, a lot of times that's not really what you're meant to be doing. In this case, if Brandon had gotten into those MFA programs and was a teacher, we would not be here.
1: Yeah, I mean, not a waste because obviously he would be doing a great job as a teacher. I mean, obviously. But like the scale of his impact would be completely reduced um and, and never ever achieving the same level of like world renown i mean his books are basically and translated in every language
0: i think by sort of giving that up for a little bit focusing on his writing now he is able to teach and he does do a lot of educational things teaching creative writing so that is true you know it was kind of a roundabout path but he ended up kind of getting what he wanted
1: yeah also
0: if you're a struggling writer out there and you feel bad about anything just know that brandon sanderson got rejected from every mfa that he applied to that's incredible
1: going on to a next question just a quick one here question could you create a nuclear bomb using the surge of division answer not division But there are cosmere powers that are built around splitting atoms. What? Which of those powers? Oh, my gosh. Brandon? How dare you? No, okay, so I have no idea.
0: Clever question, first of all. Like, I would have never thought of this.
1: Because it is asking something on such a specific level. You have to know the actual science, and not, like, to a deep level. But you at least have to know what creates a nuclear bomb or a nuclear reaction uh, to understand this and division is the best, yeah. Surge you would that think I could it imagine. would be yeah. division because you could just imagine the atoms being ripped apart and that creating the chain reaction, the beginning of the chain reaction uh, that starts a what we would call a nuclear explosion. So but, like, what do you think? what is it? I don't. Yeah. Know. <laughs> what do you
0: think is the cosmic power? Is like is it something in a magic system we've seen, or do you think it is something to be announced?
1: Well. What about this? There are Cosmere powers that are built around splitting atoms. What if that was the thing that the OG people did? All of the oh, vessels. Oh, for.
0: Oh,
1: what? They accidentally use this Cosmere power. And well they didn't
0: do it accidentally they did it on purpose well okay i'm saying their, but yeah, their is intentions it, is it um, the same power yeah yeah Let's, that split adenalsium
1: exactly like oh my gosh that could be the thing that was not a nuclear explosion but was adenosium explosion
0: yeah it's almost like on the other end of the spectrum like maybe they figured out how to split atoms yes. and then they macroed it yes up to adenalsium yeah
1: you you add a thousand or ten thousand or a couple million years after you have figured out how to split the atom or fuse the atom and then all of a sudden you're at a technology that's like oh we can split or fuse adenalsium with this power and then boom they do it and whoops a daisy they've created an entirely new universe or they've created the universe that we know and see today that's crazy We don't know. These are just words of Brendan. (laughs) Okay, so we're gonna go on to another one, and this is where I get a little lost in the weeds because a lot of questions, as you can imagine, deals with everyone's fourth wall-breaking friend, Mr. Hoyd. You can find at least a million, a billion, I don't know. You can find a lot of Hoyd questions. A lot. So we have a bunch, but I was pretty interested in this question. Question, why does Hoyd seem to like the Colin so much? Answer, he thinks highly of several members of the family, and he also likes to stick near people who are able to cause change in the world in which they are involved. He is very, very interested in a specific member of the Colin family. End quote. Who is he very, very interested in?
0: Obviously, Renarin. I
1: think it's Renarin because the easy answer is Dalinar. But I think Dalinar is the one that Hoyd thinks very highly well, I of.
0: Think, yeah, and I think like it's not that he's not interested in Dalinar.
1: Because of the changing the world yeah. uh, situation.
0: But Renarin is where it's at. Duh. Endgame.
1: I definitely think that the one he's very, very interested in is Renarin. Uh, but maybe the fans have something else you can find us on. At Cosmere conversations, yeah. Tell us who you think it is. Yeah, I think that there's also the question about like, what is Hoyd? Is Hoyd Brandon? Is there a meta version of Hoyd where he is both like a totem for Brandon in the Cosmere? Is he like the idea that Brandon has of jumping into the Cosmere to find stories? There's actually,
0: there's actually a really interesting word of Brandon about exactly what Hoyt is, and I wish I had it right now, but I don't. There's That's too for many, the next there's episode. There's too many words of Brandon. Yeah, I'll bring it next time.
1: I think that this is like an interesting question of like, why does Hoyt seem to like the Colins so much? What if we just replace that? Why does Brandon seem to like the Colins so much? Why did he choose this family? Why did he follow these characters? If you think of it as the way that uh artists describe working with stone or marble uh they talk about you know seeing their end result and then slowly chipping away at it is hoyd brandon's way of doing that kind of exploring this fantasy universe the tool yes the chisel um that's interesting brandon kind of like okay Hoyd is interested in dalinar maybe it's just a idea of like separating yourself a little bit and just like getting into that like fantasy thought about like oh why is Hoyd interested in the colins yeah and then you create an entire story explaining why the colins are so interesting and that becomes the stormlight archive
0: question How many shots would it take for Wax using his gun to break a section of shard plate? So this is an interesting question because I feel like we could have used this during our Cosmere cage match. But like we've said, there are so many words of Brandon and it's very hard to sift through all of them. Um, But Brandon's answer is depends on the gun. Okay, so vindication. He could probably... Depends on the bullet because he's got several styles, but let's just say two or three. There's an argument that he could do it with one with the right shot, the right bullet, in the right moment.
1: Now, that's way tougher than I imagined. I imagine sharp blade being much stronger. Like being able to take multiple uh, full clips or um, if it's revolver style, like more than six bullets, I thought like maybe you would crack and break and shatter a single piece of shard plate with a full straight on six shots from a revolver. Yeah. And this does, I mean, he's saying right here with one perfect shot and the right bullet in the right moment, it's entirely possible to shoot through shard plate.
0: I know, that's crazy.
1: It does like give a nice perspective on the balance of power because you have to remember that like, in our world by the time there were guns nobody was running around in suits of armor <laughs> because you'd get messed up real bad like bullets can penetrate through suits of armor pretty easily and so it's good to remember that like even though we think of stormlight archive and, and shard plate specifically as being like incredibly magical and incredibly powerful like technology and time on the Mistborn world has got them well beyond well not well beyond but like you know what I'm saying like they have a pretty good counter that they would, have guns yeah they would straight up an army of people wielding guns would pretty easily handle most shard I imagine and that kind of does line up with you know our own world's history as well uh so it's important to keep in mind when we're jumping around and talking about all these different worlds that just because we are reading about them at the same time, basically, doesn't mean that they are happening at the same time in their own development. Oh, I found this question fascinating. Very simple. Question, could an analog computer be made using Fabrials? Answer, yes.
0: So cool.
1: Computers exist on mean, <laughs> No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, shoot. They could. They're like basically there. They have all the little pieces that are ready to create an analog computer. I
0: wonder, because sometimes people use Fabriel, the word Fabriel, to also talk about like any magical technology like the stuff on Mistborn. So I wonder if they're using it in that way or if they're literally meaning
1: Fabriel's on
0: Rishar. Because it seems to me that it would make more sense if this was in reference to the technology on Skadriel.
1: I do think that that is a good point, that Fabriel has become a Cosmere-wide word, but I think it's just fun to remember that like a computer, especially the original and early computers, were just a series of very complex and interconnected ones and zero switches, just on and off switches. And we basically have a bunch of examples of Fabrail's yes on Scadrial and also on Rashar being used in an on and off capacity. You know, I think of the the gravity one that they use to create the, um, the elevated ship. well, the flying ship on Scadrial, of course. I was thinking on Rashar, the oh, early the version, platform. the platform for the archers, right? Yeah. So it's just an on switch, boom platform goes up and weight goes down yeah. or something and then and vice versa and i thought that you know they're not that far away it's such an interesting idea as we just talked about like the planets are not all on the same level but like they have all the little pieces to create something incredible and it's important to remember that the human species is not native to Rashar and they had to get there somehow Could it have been through their own ships? Something like what we saw on Scadrial—a later version of what we saw on Scadrial. You would
0: think so. There's basically no other way that they could have got there. They're on a different planet.
1: There is something to be said about how the heralds move back and forth from.
0: Oh, you mean like kind of through the cognitive realm? Something like that. Yeah, it might be. Okay, that's fair. I don't know.
1: I don't want to say it's a hundred percent that they had to move. Maybe there was a like a Hornader Peaks. What are they called? Oh, a shard pool. Yeah, a shard pool. Exactly. Where there's some type of ability to travel through the cognitive realm. I don't yeah. know. I think that it's an interesting question. It's definitely interesting how close. And it gets back to that question that Dalinar and eventually Adolin are asking too. Like, why were shard plates and blade only used to construct? Weapons of war. Like, why don't we have gigantic ships? Why don't we have farming equipment? Why don't we have XYZ?
0: That's why I kind of think they're evil.
1: All humans are just shard plates. Shard plates and shard, plates shard blades. And blades. I also agree that it does definitely seem like a thing of odium more than yeah. a thing of like honor or uh, cultivation.
0: Oh, man. To me, that is like one of the best questions put forth in the Stormlight Archive.
1: It's definitely one that keeps coming up. I think it's an important one, guys. I I don't think he's like accidentally throwing in this question multiple times by multiple characters now. Uh, What is the reason that shard plates were only created as weapons of war? Yeah, why are they only destroying? Yeah, exactly. And I I think the answer is probably because they don't come from a good place or they don't come from a, a good inspiration. You know, they're of ruin. They're of odium. Maybe they're of autonomy. I don't know. Doubtful.
0: Sometimes these words of Brandon are just very simple updates on books and like when things are coming out. Somebody asked, can you tell me whose books are the next few Stormlight? So as we know, each Stormlight book focuses on a specific character um, and Brandon had laid out an outline for this, but it's changed a little bit in the last few years. So new answer from Brandon. Yes. Yes. Ash and I, book four, even though you know, Zeth is book five, six is Lift, seven is Renarin, eight is Ash, nine is Talm, and ten is Yasna.
1: That Yasna book, though. Oh my god! Number ten. Okay, there was also another word of Brandon, and I don't want to get like off. This is obviously cool. Gotta know what the focus of each book is gonna be. And while it might change as it did in the past, I think this is pretty cool. I mean, I like this lineup, you know? I if do, we're, this is the batting order, I'm pretty impressed.
0: <laughs> like, I don't understand how the next one is gonna be Esh and I because she's you know, dead. dead. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Unless, what if it's like in the cognitive realm or like the spiritual realm or something?
1: I think that that could be something because I obviously believe it's going to be primarily Venley flashbacks with Esh and I present version with Venley. That's my theory. But we already got a lot of Esh and I's
0: flashbacks. Like we know what led her to her death, basically. So now what?
1: I don't know. But I think there is an interesting question to flashback to what the parshendi were like before the war um yeah in in their time when they were definitely parshendi but were not at war with the humans or were not aware of the humans and so that could be explored i really don't know obviously i don't know because i'm not brandon but i think that having that as a lineup to look forward to is pretty dang amazing
0: and if you didn't catch it ash book number eight is shalash the herald
1: important to remember she in oathbringer is the one she's super cool so far i'm excited obsessively destroying her own image uh in any different form whether it be painting or sculpture or whatnot um and so that is part of her quote-unquote insanity I also have a gigantic quote that I cannot read because it is a scene that was cut from one of the Stormlight archives about Taln's arrival and what happens shortly after his arrival at the city of Kolinar. Oh, yeah. It's fairly long and probably too long for us to read here on the podcast. But I will just say this, Talm, at least in Brandon's mind, even if it's not canon in a book... Tom is very much aware of his limitations. He's like going through flashbacks of his torture and that is kind of preventing his powers or blocking his powers. Um, But he is also having more and more moments of cognizance and he is kind of coming back to himself a little bit more and so if you want to check that out, you just search for uh Tom Word of Brandon. I'm sure it'll come up pretty early on your Google searches.
0: Another question about Nightblood.
1: Question. What would happen if Hoyd held Nightblood?
0: Uh Hoyd would not do that. Hoyd would stay very far away.
1: Not even hold it?
0: He would stay really far away. There are very few things in the Cosmere that Hoyd is afraid of, and Nightblood is one of them. So let's just say if very, very, very few things in the Cosmere had a chance of destroying you, you wouldn't even pick one up. You'd try to be in a different room entirely.
1: Everyone whispering in the audience about how Nightblood being able to destroy Hoyd.
0: I didn't say, I said theoretically. I said had a chance of. I did not confirm. Hoyd doesn't know, but there's a chance, and so he's not going to risk that.
1: Can Nightblood destroy Hoid? That is the question mark. I think the answer is yes, based on what we talked about earlier. Hoid is, at least in some respect, kind of collecting different forms of investiture, and Nightblood basically, one, instantly vaporizes all your connections to all the different realms, but also absorbs investiture. So like, if Hoid even picked up Nightblood there is the chance that his, for example, aging ability, his ability to heal, whatever is going on that keeps him alive so long, uh, is sucked out by Nightblood, and then he has to go back and somehow get that again. I'm guessing, since it took him a long time, uh, it's not something he's interested in testing the limits on.
0: Well, I'm wondering, because Hoyt is at least in some respects, like more of a cognitive character. Like I wonder if he exists sort of more in the cognitive realm, so physical weapons have like do less harm to him because he doesn't exist primarily in the physical realm. But Nightblood is obviously a very different kind of weapon and so poses a more severe threat.
1: That could also explain some of the rules that Hoyd has to follow that we're not quite sure why he has to follow them. For example, being adverse to causing other people harm is that maybe because as you just said he's kind of in and out of the physical realm and more of a cognitive creation
0: yeah exactly
1: It's totally possible just to keep on the Hoyd bandwagon because who doesn't like questions about Hoyd? question so i was looking at the letter sent by Hoyd to frost and vice versa and i was wondering how they sent them like is there some sort of cosmere postal service in the cognitive <laughs> realm Answer, he's not using it, but there is active trade between several of the planets and a version of the postal service, end quote.
0: So interesting.
1: Now, I have obviously since Oathbringer lost my mind at what the cognitive realm is because it (laughs) is in no way what I thought it was going to be and it like broke my brain a whole bunch because there's an economy, there's trade, there's interplanetary trade, there's stuff going on that is basically identical to whatever human or advanced life form uh is happening on that planet it's also happening in the cognitive realm so like fashion statements uh power dynamics uh political Mm -hmm. murders and assassinations and, and struggles like you have all of these different things that are also going on in the cognitive realm including according to brandon a postal service so that's nice you can get your mail when you're doing your world hopping,
0: very convenient.
1: However, Hoyden Frost apparently don't need to use it. So they're beyond the postal service. Yeah,
0: that's like, then begs another question. Yeah, they
1: have email. Everyone else has the postal service <laughs> running around with a horse and here yes, Hoyden Frost. That's definitely email. Yeah, they, I imagine it being email. <laughs> all
0: right, last one for today. Super interesting one. Probably a question that we have all thought of at some point. Question. My thought is, you know how the Stormfather and Oathbringer says he's not able or he's never seen Dalinar be able to create the bridge? Does that mean honor could be reborn? Answer. So, there are things standing in the way, but cosmerologically, it is fully possible that another person could become honor. The vessel that was holding honor before is gone. Though the Stormfather is kind of his cognitive shadow at this point in a way. But the power, something else could be done with it or it could remain in the state it is now. Your answer is yes, but there are some hindrances along the way.
1: Kaladin will become the new honor. Prediction made. Oh my gosh. Made.
0: no. Prediction
1: made. It's not going to be Dalinar because I, I, think, think so. I think Dalinar has to die. Um, sadness, but I think it's true. I think that there is... The question that has always existed, like honor is dead, and then you have the guy who doesn't feel that he's ever capable of doing enough or saving enough people or helping enough, and he's always like having this inner internal debate about his own self-worth and importance and his own honor and like what that means, I think Kaladin becomes the new honor prediction made. Much like all predictions, you should put no faith in them whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Never trust anyone who says they can predict the future.
0: That is a bold prediction. It is. I don't know if I'm totally bought in on that.
1: but I'm fine. I'm not really bought in on it either. But Just the fact prediction.
0: that Honor could be reborn, I think, is super interesting and, like, answers a lot of questions around the state of that power as we know it currently on Rishar. So I guess the vessel was destroyed and the power is just, like, chilling?
1: Well, it's partially the Stormfather's power that recharges all of the spheres across, you know, moves investiture. Like, that unwieldy yeah. power is... Of honor, the the storms are of honor. So
0: it's like the cognitive shadow of the vessel is channeling the power, but the power is not actually being like held by anything.
1: I believe that's correct. I I think that that is the way that it looks at this point, which is kind of interesting because we could always kind of think of the power as like coming from the spiritual realm and basically being endless. You know, if you connect it far enough back. I and also
0: really like the Brandon-coined word neurologically.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're going to have to use that all the time now. That is fantastic.
0: I can't wait to drop that in just normal random conversation, conversation. just yeah. like at well, work. Well, speaking.
1: And then just go off on a very normal tangent about like Excel sheets or something. <laughs> it's just two dang good people you should just always try to mix in cosmerologically <laughs> and then tell us about how you mixed in cosmeologically into your normal conversations you can find us on the reddit the twitter facebook at cosmere convo we're everywhere you're everywhere thanks for listening brooke take us away
0: until next time life before death
1: strength before weakness
0: journey before destination